Awesome. So before I start, let's pray. We thank you again, Lord, for this awesome day, Lord God. We, we thank you again, Lord, that we can be here on a Sunday, that we can come here again, Lord, as a church and just come and worship you, Lord God, and honor you for who you are in our lives. We, th- we, th- we thank you, Lord, that we can still worship you, Lord God, in a free a, a country. And I pray, Lord, that the word that I speak today, Lord, that it will come straight from your heart and that it will come and it will land on good soil, Lord Jesus. And that we, we, we take this the word today, Lord, and we, we, um, we make it our own. We say thank you, Lord God, for the tools that you have for us in your word. We thank you for that, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to speak today about choose joy. Can you guys see that? Choosing joy. So what is joy? Let's see what it says. It says it in the Lexham Bible um, the dictionary joy and uh, um, the Hebrew word is simcha chara in Greek it closely related to gladness and happiness although joy is more a state of being than an emotion a result of choice one of the fruits of the spirit having joy is part of of the experience of being a Christian. And I kind of like that, that in the definition. Um, so, I all know it's sort of now the end of the year, you know, and, and we're walking into that, the, 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 the festive, you know, the season, and we are all expectant for for something, not always sure what, but but we all expect, you know, it's going to be a good holidays and everything, and there's all these things that we expect, but we kind of walk in it, but, but, but honestly, do we feel as festive and full of joy as we should? Like, who of you guys here feel all happy and joy and this was an awesome year and an awesome day and it's just going to be all fun. No one here, no hands raised. And that's a sad thing. Like we, 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 we expect to have this and we read a, 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 about this in the Word, but, but for some reason we don't have it. Like in this last year, you know, we've, we've got people that they lost their jobs, they lost their incomes, um, they may m- m- have lost loved ones as well. Um, we know of qu- quite a few in this last month only, like two, three of our friends, they, they lost people, and it's, it's just been a hard season, you know, and all, all those things, it comes and it, it steals your, your joy, like you, you expect to have it, but it's, it's not there. Um, for us as well, you know, we, we, we also had an interesting year. We came to, to, to Ventiknomobia and began a church, but like she said, with no um, financial or any backup. And we just started and then boom, lockdown. You know, people, you guys, still like 
checking us out. Like, who are you? What are you doing? What are you preaching? Is it heresy or is it good stuff? Is it all about money or not? You know, all those things. Is there aircon in the venue or not? Like, checking us out and boom, lockdown. So we, we haven't even connected yet and all these things happen, you know. Um, and just lots of little things that, that, that happened as well in our household. Um, last week, we didn't have church for what reason? I tested COVID positive. <laughs> but I'm all healthy, like cleared clean. It was, it was just a joke anyway. Um, but, but, but all these things that happen constantly, that, that happens, and, and it's, it's easy to let these things come and steal your joy, you know. Um, but for, for us, we just said, you know what, we saw what the Lord did from last year until now in our household. So we're going to choose not to let these things come and steal our joy. We're going to choose to be happy and full of joy, and we're going to go with this heart of joy into this festive season as well. So we decided, you know what, we're going to choose joy, and that's it. Because when I prepared this in the sermon, I actually thought, or the Lord put in my heart, like, if... If we, as a husband and wife, choose not to have joy, we actually take away everything that the Lord did for us this last two, two years in Namibia. Like He did so much. And if we go and f- f- focus on all the things that, was, that went wrong, then we don't think about all the good things that he did for us. So we sort of turn our backs on him, and that's not what we want to do. So these things come and they steal during our happiness, and, and it makes it hard to, to have a, a, um, a heart full of joy. One thing as well, what I've seen is in this last few months that we sp- spoke to people is that this effect of not having happiness and joy, it affects everyone. It's like COVID. <laughs> Let's use that example. Ugh, I hate it. But it affects everyone. It affects us as well as, as believers. It, it's not just for unbelievers. It's also us. It also affects us. And I'll let you know why now. One of the things is, as believers, you know, um, when when I grew up, I was taught that Jesus was a man of sorrows. You know, he was poor and sad, and every whenever he did something. A good and then wow, it was awesome. We know, but he was a um, a, a karkmais. So that's how I saw Jesus. He was just, you know, there and walking around in ash and sackcloth, and and that's how he looked like a sad man. And it actually says in Isaiah 53, it says the following: 
He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. So we grew up, and me as well, and we, we saw him as this man of sorrow. And he was he supposed to be our king and lord and everything good. But one thing that we forget is when we actually read the whole of scriptures and we look everything in context, it says actually that Jesus was also anointed by his dad with the oil of joy. With the oil of joy. And that the joy of the Lord gives us strength. So if we read in Hebrews 1, it says, You, and it's talking now about Jesus, you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, it's his Father, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Now, that word gladness, it means in, if you Two words, studies and things in the, the, the Greek, it means extreme joy. It's not just your normal joy. It is extreme joy. So the Lord anointed him with that extreme joy, and he also anointed us with that. In, um, and if you read Nehemiah, big word for Afrikaner, um, Nehemiah 8 verse 10, it says the, the, the following, um, then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. This day is and today and every day. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So then why do we, what do you think happen if we do not have the joy of the Lord? As believers, it's going to mean that then we are weak. So, what do we do that we don't have the joy of the Lord? And what are we? What will we do now to get that joy? To make us again feel strong. Because we feel tired, we feel weak, we feel frustrated, like, oh, holiday, please come, and then, oh, it's next year already. Where's the joy? We, as believers, should have the joy of the Lord. Without the, the joy of the Lord, we are weak. And there's actually, in the scriptures, I'm going to put some up now, um, there's actually many scriptures that commands us not suggests us, it commands us to have joy, to live a life full of joy. And you can read them there, you can also write them down, or you can take a picture as well. Uh, and the ones that I marked in bold, that one, uh, those two, it's actually where the, 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 this where Scripture says where specifically when you live in troubled uh, times, when you have when you are persecuted and it's not really not going well, you should rejoice. 
So it's actually a command. Why, why does the Lord say that to us over and over and over and over again? Because he, he knows without his joy, we are weak. We feel the way we feel. Okay. So there's a reason why the Lord repeats this. Because the joy of the Lord makes us strong. And it's quite interesting, the people of, of Israel um, in the Old Testament, they were actually um, punished for not living a life full of joy and, and happiness because of what the Lord did for them. It sounds weird, but let's, um, let's read Deuteronomy 28, verse 47, 48. It says there, this was quite eye-opening for me, um, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything, therefore you shall serve your enemies, whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in need of everything, and he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. So, it sounds pretty hectic, and it I mean, it is in a, a, a sense, but what that text means is if you don't rejoice in what the Lord um, he did for you, it means your f f focus is on all the things, all the negative things. And what you... If, if, Focus on you become. So if you think all about these negative things and these things is not happening with you and blah, 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 then you miss God and you become that. Make sense? You all happy and with me so far? <laughs> all right. So the fact is if Joy is a, a command from God. It, it means it's something that we must do. So it means if it's something that we must do, we have control over it. Which means it's a choice. Either we choose to be full of joy or not. So it's a command. You can control your joy and happiness. It's a, a choice. It's not dependent on your circumstances. It's not a state of the being. It's a state of mind. So when, when everything around you with your, with your work, with your finances, with your, with your health, with everyone around you is a, a mess, you can actually still have joy. True happiness and contentment, true joy and contentment are not dependent upon your circumstances. If we look at the life of Paul, um, he wrote the book of, of, of Philippians, and he actually wrote that book while he was locked up in jail. So 
iets sê, sê all the skrifgeleerders, clever people, people said that, thank you Marissa, she's my helper. <laughs> um, it, it's, um, they actually say that this book of Philippians is the one where he mentioned the word joy the most. He, he mentioned it over 17 or so times. And the thing is, he actually wrote this book when he was in, in prison awaiting to be executed. And before that, he was, in two, he was for two years locked up in Rome. And then for one year, they took him from there to Jerusalem. And now there he's in jail, waiting to be hanged or whatever. And um, he wrote one of the happiest books in Scripture. So how does he do that? Like, you know, what can we... What can we learn from him in this time? What is his secret to joy and happiness? Um, let's look at Philippians 4 verse 11. I kind of like this. Now that I speak in regard to need, so he was uh, speaking to the church there and he was um, speaking to them that he needs money and resources and food and whatever so that he can still do the good work while in jail. This is awesome. So, now that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. So, he learned to be content. So, are we content or not yet? Is it something that comes instantly, or is it something that we learn to be in our circumstances? My wife says it's not instant. I, I do agree. <laughs> we are content with each other sometimes. Contentment, it's something that he learned. It, it, it wasn't a thing that comes naturally. Like if you look at a new a child, they don't, their first day on the outside, if I can put it that way, hmm. um, they don't read and write. It takes time for them. They have to grow, they have to get to wisdom, and then they learn to read and write. So it takes time. It's something learned. It's something acquired. So that's one thing that we can learn from Paul. So how do we acquire that joy? How do we acquire it? And I'm going to name two things, but number one is we need to deal with what's on the inside. Like so many of us, we, we start, you know, to try to deal with things that's happening around us. Like we try to fix our circumstances before we fix ourselves. That's not going to work. And because why? You know, we, we live in a world where people just don't take responsibility for themselves anymore. It's always, it's, it's because of the weather. It's, I don't come to church because the aircon is too cold. What? 
Um, it's, it's because of, man, I don't like that man because he said this and this, and now I feel um, negative and bad. It's always something or someone else's issue. So it's, we don't think about, you know what, it might, it might actually be us. So that's the, the world that we live in. It's always someone else's issue. And when we pray, we pray for our circumstances to be resolved. So we don't pray for the Lord actually to make us stronger. So that can be solved, but if we stay the same, we stay the same, then you're still going to be unhappy and no joy. Make sense? And it actually, um, yeah, I've, uh, I'm going to say this. I thought I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, these last few months, I did a, a few interesting um, also do photography for weddings. So now you're at a wedding and you see people wishing people well. But it's all this, and I'm going to say it, it's all this new age type things. So, and you know what? I wish you, I wish you good people around you and always good words around you because I wish you all happiness and joy. And, 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 and it sounds so right, so true. But it's not. Scripture says that the only joy and happiness we get is, I'm going to get to that, but isn't Jesus. It's not good words and good feelings and good whatever else, because all of that are circumstantial. It's not within. It says actually in Scripture, it's not on there, but it says it in John 16, verse 33, and you guys can, can have a look at it, that when we walk with God, you will have trouble. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 12, it says, you will be persecuted. As a believer, you will be. So if all these things will happen, and you know it will happen because you have been warned, then how do you find in your joy? Like if you look at all these things that will attack you and persecute you and all these things, then you will become super negative. But if you hold, if you hold on to the Lord, on to what He says about you and who He is in your life, then you will always have joy. Make sense? Okay. So we can't always control our outside circumstances, but we, we can control what goes on inside when we are, f are faced with trials of life. And when we understand that, um, we've just discovered one of the greatest keys to joy. And then we are well on our way to eliminating grief and unhappiness in our lives. Um, and then there's something, and it's a bit 
sensitive, but it's true because I've, I've seen this as well in my own life many a times. Lord, help me. One of the biggest things that causes you to not have joy in your life is self-centeredness. Self-centeredness. Self-centeredness is the root of all our grief. Why do I say that again? Like, like I said before, we, when we are focused so on our, ourselves in our, our little world and we try to keep ourselves happy and full of joy ourselves, and it's all about us, ourselves, if something or such, someone comes and says something against that and, and, and we feel that we might now lose our happiness or joy or our money or health or whatever, we become like in your face, mister. We become un unhappy and, and um, we be begin to have another, a, a, I can say, aggressive a, a, a attitude towards it. Because now it's, 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 it's because our focus is not on us, is, is on us, us, ourselves. Anything that comes a, 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 a against it, uh, we resist against it. I'll speak a little bit more about that soon. But we have to learn to take our own responsibility. Um, it's not on there as well, but um, I'll get to that one. Um, but it says in in Proverbs 13, it says actually in verse 10, that when, when we have strife with something or someone, the main cause of that is pride. It's not about what that individual did or said or that circumstances. It's, it's about what's in us. And it, it actually says that in the scripture. That's not me. It's the Bible. So when we have strife, when there's something that steals our joy, it's our own pride that st stops us from having a joy, from just submitting, from making a peace and having back again our joy. So the big thing is pride. Pride and self centeredness and if we can put that on again Bena, the quote one of the most liberating things in the world is to love someone else more than yourself and when the one you love more is God you will rejoice when he is glorified even if that happens through your suffering And when the one you love more is God, you will rejoice. You will be full of joy when he is glorified. So it's all about him, even if that happens through your suffering. Yeah, when I, 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 I read that, it also sort of, there's a few things inside you. I thought, oh, Lord, we have to go sit and work out a few things. 
And that is ex ex exactly what Paul did. You know, when he was in jail, um, he still he still comforted the people that su 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 supported him. And he said, you know what, guys, it's okay. Like, even if I'm in jail, because you are helping me, the kingdom of the Lord is still being built. It's still advanced. And, and that's what it's all about. So, you know what? All good. So, he, he um, focused not on himself. He always kept the kingdom perspective. See, it's not about self. It's about God. It's about His kingdom. That brings true joy. If we read, if if we read, we turn to Philippians one verse twelve to eighteen, um, and it says the, the following: Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters. Now he's he's now speaking to the Philippians in the church, that what has happened to me. How cool is this? has actually served to advance the gospel. So it's him being locked up and about to be executed. It has served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, and for us, our daily issues and troubles, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The, the latter, the goodwill ones, um, do so out of love and knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does that matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this I rejoice, yes, and I will continue to rejoice. How cool is that? So, no matter what's happening to him, no matter the circumstances, no matter what, he says that the kingdom of God is still being advanced, and that gives him joy. So, that speaks volumes. So, Paul loved God and, and uh, the expansion of his kingdom much more than he loved himself. And that's so awesome, like an attitude that we can also adopt. God and others more important than ourselves. Then, when we understand that, we are well on our way to happiness. You know, but it's, it's um, sometimes hard for us because some of us are so addicted to ourselves and keeping ourselves happy in our, our little world. You know, it's like an addict, a drugs addict. They just, they just need the next fix. It just needs to be more and more. And actually, 
what's interesting in scriptures, it also says that he's, that, you know, Adam and Eve, they actually lived in a perfect world. But even then, that wanting for themselves caused them to sin. Even some of Jesus' disciples, they said, um, I think it's on there, like they were not satisfied with, with what they saw for three years. All the things that they saw, the miracles and things like, man, I wish I was there. Like, yeah. um, even that, like, hmm, we want more. It says it, and I hope it's on there in John 14, verse, verse 8 to 9. It says the following. Philip said to him, Lord, so now they know him. They've seen him. They've lived with him 24 hours a day. And they said, um, so Lord, show us the Father, and, and that'll, be, that'll be good for us. Then, then it'll be sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He, he, he who has seen me has seen the, the, the Father. So how can you say, show us the, the Father? So it's just they were never satisfied with what they have already. And if, you, if you're never satisfied, with 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 what you have and and you fill that emptiness with things of, of this world there will never be joy you will sit year after year after year with that thing no joy we can never truly satisfy the self it's a choice that we have to make every day to deny ourselves. And um, yes, that's easier said than done, but we can do it. And then my second one, so the, 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 the first one is we need to deal, number one, with things on the inside, and number two, we need to deal also then, if we can, with things on the outside with things that we can influence, our circumstances. So Paul, he gave a great insight on how to do that in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 to 18, where it says the, the following. This for me was also quite interesting. Um, what a revelation. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, um, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, so all our circumstances that we are in, with finances, with health, with family, with whatever, all the things which are seen are temporary. And he had that always in mind. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So, 
How heavy are our afflictions compared to that of Paul? And he said his afflictions were light. So if you put into perspective, um, um, it is in, where did I write it? In 2 Corinthians 11, it, it says that he says he was beat, beatings, he was whipped with rods, he was locked up, he was on a, on a shipwreck, he was hunger, he had hunger and thirst, and now he's again in jail and about to be executed. So that's all the things that he went through week after week, a day after day. That was his afflictions. And he says, it was light. You know what? It's only temporary. It's fine. So how does what we have relate to what he had? It puts things a little bit in perspective. But he still had joy, the joy of the Lord. So, I mean, isn't another fact? It is not your problems that are the problem. But the way you see them and the, 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 the value that you put on your problems. So it is not your problems that are the problem, but the way you see them and the, the value you put on them. Paul said his afflictions were but for a, 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 a moment. It's short-lived. So he always put things in an eternal perspective. And I, I don't have that scripture here now, but it, it says that we must rejoice because we are saved. We're going to have eternal life. And if that's not something that stirs something up in us, we really have to reevaluate our walk with God. Because that's what it's about, like eternal life with Him. Amen? In closing, regardless of how bad things are in this life, we have such a wonderful eternity promised to each of us that all our troubles look pale in comp comparison. You can just leave that up there. In Romans 8, it says, in Romans 8, verse 18, it says, it's not on there. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the, the glory which shall be revealed to us. So, again, where is your focus? Is it on what's happening now in you and around you? Or is it the promise that the Lord has for us that will come to fulfillment? Eternal life with Him. I'm excited. I may not sound excited, but trust me. Like, if you look at her, she's always excited. She's like, yep, yep. <laughs> That's my wife. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> anyway, so, each of us here, we have a bright future. 
all the this 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 and this the sufferings of this life is insignificant if you compare them to all the promises that the Lord has for us. And if you keep that in mind, all the things that the Lord has for us. So now we see things like oh troubles, troubles. But if we the more we look at him and what he has and what he says he has for us, we make that bigger, 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 bigger. And all these issues, smaller, smaller, smaller. It's like a... Yeah. So keeping this in mind will shrink our issues down to a manageable size. Last... A warning where it says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19, if we are going to pursue happiness in this life with things around us and circumstances and things and everything material, it says that we will end up miserable and we will not have joy. So again, guys, think about what is the words say what is does this really mean there's the world and there's the word the world says things and circumstances it makes us happy scripture says all those things fade away and that's why there's no joy and happiness only jesus and um one last thing if we are in faith we can have joy unspeakable and full of glory now in this life. In 1 Peter 1 verse 8, again, it's not on the 1 Peter 1 verse 8, it says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Amen. Amen. Make sense, guys? Are you going to walk out today and you're going to have joy? Or at least decide to have joy? Focus on Jesus. Okay? Okay. Um, I'm going to just have us a prayer. And, uh, and then afterwards, um, I'm going to invite anyone and and please do come if you don't have joy and me and Marissa will anoint you with oil and the oil of joy thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Just going to give that the Holy Spirit just some time to, to speak to each and every one of us in our hearts.
Thank you, Holy Spirit. ask the Holy Spirit if there's um, something in your life that 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 he will re reveal that that one thing that steals your joy and why it steals your joy and if it's something of this world something material or something temporary just, just ask the Holy Spirit and Jesus for forgiveness that that was your um, your the focus and that you didn't focus on Him to give you that joy. that you are not just here Lord God and that you are re re revealing to your, your people now your truths Lord God and I pray Holy Spirit is that you will just come and reveal your, yourself now to each and everyone here that you will put your truths in their hearts and their minds Lord God about who you are You are our joy and our peace in this season. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that, that you are our Alpha and Omega, Lord God. Like this, the song says that we worship you, Lord God, and that you are worthy to be praised. thank you for becoming our Emmanuel that you are God with us it is because of you that we can experience true joy thank you Holy Spirit we thank you for keeping us through a difficult year we thank you for your protection for your provision we thank you for being our pillar to stand on Lord God that you are our rock we thank you Lord God that in this world that everything that you you said in your word is, is happening Lord God that everything is coming and trying to steal 
our joy and our happiness. And I pray, Lord, that you will help us to keep a, f- a focus on you. Make us strong, Lord God. Let us never forget you and everything you do for us in all our circumstances. So, Lord God, today we choose you. We choose to take refuge in you and rejoice in you. May the the Holy Spirit help us, Lord God, to, to understand your word about your joy and what it is and your will for our lives. I pray, Lord God, for a new revelation of that joy according to your word, according to what your word says about it and not what the world says. Let your word be the ultimate and final authority about your joy, not some magazine. Your word is the ultimate authority. I pray, Lord God, that you will come and bless us with your sustaining joy. That it's not something that's just there for a moment, but that it's sustaining. And the strength, Lord God, to hold on no matter what. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are always worthy, Lord God, of of glory and honor and power. And so no matter what we we face, Lord God, we will choose to worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for abundant joy. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.